Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Elvis podcast. You should be so proud of us, two weeks in a row. We are knocking it out. Yes, I'm proud of us. Um, There unfortunately will not be a new episode next week. Latresa is leaving me and going to Europe, and I'm very sad because I... I wanted to go very bad. I just couldn't get off work. So she's leaving me tomorrow. But um, last week, if you haven't listened, we started kind of a series of Elvis's girlfriends. So we started out with Dixie Locke. And I did most of the talking that episode. I did um, the research. And today, my mom did research on Anita Wood. We haven't even talked about what she's going to say. So I'm in the same boat as you guys just listening and maybe throwing in a few comments here and there, but I'm super excited to hear what all she's learned about Elvis and Anita Wood. Well, we definitely have a series going here, a girlfriend series, because I just keep finding stuff about girlfriends, but I will say that, um, as far as, as, well, I really, I, I think Dixie was a very sweet girl. Um, I'm very fond of Anita. And uh, the name of the book that I have been reading is Once Upon a Time, Elvis and Anita, Memories of My Mother. And it was written by Anita's daughter, Johnita Brewer Barrett. And it's just a really, uh, a really good read. And uh, basically... Uh, Anita had spent, you know, she she talked and told her daughter growing up. She would tell her all the stories about her and Elvis and things like that. And so. Um, Can you imagine how cool is that? It, it is the coolest thing. And yeah. uh, so she um, she talked her mom into letting her write a book. And I have a quote where Anita, she does a, a an entrance she, or a, a little. Um, a forward. Yeah, well, it's in the prologue, but it's it's a forward, I guess. But it, she says, I was with Elvis when everything seemed new and life was full to him and everyone in his presence. Elvis and I were home to each other during his rise to superstardom. He was my first love, and I have felt an almost painful connection and overwhelming sense of loyalty to him ever since he came to my door for the very first time. And so, um, she, she's not been one. She says she really, um, 
didn't understand why everyone was so fascinated with her relationship with Elvis. Um, but, uh, but everybody was fascinated with everything Elvis did. So of course, oh, yeah. with his relationships. Yeah. Uh, so Elvis was three years older than she was. Um, she was the oldest daughter. She had three younger brothers and her mother, um, had always uh, wanted, apparently she wanted to uh, be an entertainer or, you know, she wanted more out of her life. She was happy, but she just always, she was a dreamer and she had big dreams for Anita. And so uh, she entertained, she encouraged Anita. Anita had a beautiful singing voice and, um, and she encouraged her to be an entertainer. Um, she wanted her to have everything that she didn't have. And she enrolled her in singing classes, um, expression classes, which were equivalent to an acting class. Um, she also taught her to be independent and that she wanted her to have a career. And you've got to think that this is in the 1950s. That was not the norm for women. No. Um, but her mother taught her to be very independent and uh, career-minded. And um, even though she couldn't afford to buy Anita the latest uh, styles and fashion, she was a very good seamstress. And, um, and she really uh, made beautiful clothes for Anita to wear. Um, in 1950, they, she lived in Jackson, Tennessee. And oh, that's for us on the way to Memphis. We go through is. Jackson. It is, yes. So that's where she was raised. And in 1950, her whole family attended a Sammy Kay concert in Memphis. And this was basically the turning point in her life, um, actually. But during the concert, this is kind of the equivalent, I would think, like to American Idol, I guess. But during the concert, he asked audience members to participate in a contest that he had called So You Want to Lead a Band. And her, uh, her mom prompted her to volunteer, of course. So she yeah. raises her hand, she volunteers, she sings, and she wins the contest and becomes a finalist. And she ends up winning the national uh, competition. And that was wow. in uh, 1951. She was just 12 years old at the time. Wow. And uh, she was beautiful. She was such a, a pretty girl. But she wasn't just pretty. She was very smart. She was well-liked. Um, she was active in high school. She was a cheerleader. Uh, she won a writing competition for, like, the Daughters of the American Revolution or something like that. She was in um, a lot of different clubs and things. So she was very active in things. When she was 16 years old, she landed a job at the radio station in Jackson, WTJS. And she hosted a, a teenage radio request show. And she named it. Her grandfather helped her name it. It was called Antics of Anita. Mm. And so she took record requests. She sang for the studio audience. She interviewed teenagers. And she danced while she was on the air with the audience and things. And it became very, very popular. And... Um, it actually became the prototype for teenage radio shows at the time. So she was like the first. She was a four. Cool. 
1955, Seventeen Magazine did an article on her. And so that gave her more exposure, too. Yeah. Uh, And the first time that she saw Elvis was when he was on the Ed Sullivan show. And her mother was was an Elvis fan. She played Elvis songs on the radio. She was also unusual. A lot of the mothers didn't like him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, she wasn't a big fan, but her mom's watching Ed Sullivan and she hollers for her to come in there. Come and see this cute guy, Elvis Presley, whatever. So she said, yeah, he's cute. You know, she watched him for a little while and then she went on doing whatever she was doing. She said that he did not tickle her fancy. Um, and then when she was 18, her parents encouraged her to enter the Miss Madison County pageant. And she won and advanced to the Miss Teenage or Miss Tennessee pageant. She became the first runner-up. Um, they said she was only like five two. She was very, very, very tiny, and uh, that worked against her. She got first runner-up, but the next year they asked her to come and be an entertainer and sing at the pageant. So that was really cool. But yeah. actually, in the Miss Tennessee pageant, one you know how they ask questions. One of the judges asked her a question and said, if Elvis Presley were to ask you for a date, what would you reply? And she said, I don't think I'd care to date Elvis, although I do admire his music. So, yeah, she really wasn't, you know, she wasn't that that into him or anything. She she did not really care for his music. I mean, she liked it okay, but it wasn't her favorite. I think she liked Frank Sinatra and songs like that. So anyway, Wink Martindale, who was a friend of Elvis's um, and also interviewed Elvis. I've seen some some uh, videos of Wink and it's so cute. Elvis is chewing gum and, you know, he's so hillbilly-ish and everything. But anyway, she joined Wink Martindale. He had a television show. It was called the Top Ten Dance Party with Wink Martindale. And the host that was on the show left, and she joined him as the host. It was on uh, WHBQ-TV in Memphis. So she lived in Jackson, and uh, she got a job, this job in Memphis. So um, her parents were very, very strict on her. But mm-hmm. she had met in the, in the pageants and, and competitions and things that she had been in. She had met a lady whose name was Mrs. Patty. And Mrs. Patty lived in Memphis. She was a widow and she had a large house. Um, her brother and his wife and then another relative lived with them. So she kind of had a little boarding house going. And so um, her mom called and asked Mrs. Patty if... Um, if Anita could live there and she was tickled absolutely to death to have Anita to live there. And Anita says that she treated her like, like a daughter. Um, and then later Wink ended up leaving the show to go to Hollywood and they didn't even replace him. Anita became the host. So in 1957, it's on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, in her own right, she, she was a, a, an entertainer and, yeah. uh, you know, very beautiful, intelligent career woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, she's at the station. It's on a Saturday and it's in 1957 and she gets a phone call. She just finished taping the show and Lamar Fike calls. <laughs> and, um, 
He called well, Mark Black, if you don't um, know or haven't listened to our um, Memphis Mafia episode, was uh, a member of Elvis's inner circle, one of his friends and the guys yeah. that uh, worked was, for him. He was a member of the Memphis Mafia. So anyway, Lamar Fike is on the line, and he says, Elvis saw you on the show today. He'd like to take you out tonight. And she says, I'm sorry, but I already have a date tonight. And Lamar says, girl, have you lost your mind? Elvis Presley is asking you out. Are you telling me you won't break a date to go out with Elvis Presley? And she said, well, it's not that I don't want to, Mr. Fike. I do. But let's put it on the flip side. If I had a date with Elvis and I canceled it to go out with someone else, he wouldn't appreciate it one bit. Well, I just couldn't do that to anyone, not even for Elvis. So, which sounds so kind. And Lamar yeah. said, girl, you're crazy. And he hung up on her. <laughs> and, not used to girls telling him no. No. And, and I, I just think that's so funny. I mean, I, I, I really, I see where he gets his attraction. I mean, not only is she a, a talented, beautiful woman, but she's not falling at his feet, you know? Yeah, he's got so to chase anyway, her a little bit. Oh, yeah. So she is so flattered. She calls her mom up and tells her mom, and, you know, she's thinking, oh, I, you know, I blew it. I've messed my chance and all this stuff. But her mom says, oh, he's going to call you back. She didn't know if he would or not. But she mm-hmm. went on her date, and she said that she had a terrible time because the whole time she was with this Poor little guy. All she could think about was she had turned down a date with Elvis Presley. And she really didn't even give him a chance. She said he never stood a chance because, you know, her mind was somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So about a week goes by. She hasn't heard a word. And she's at the station. And Lamar calls again. And he says, Elvis would like to take you out. Are you available? And, uh, it bothered her that Elvis didn't call himself. She just really didn't understand why yeah. he could not call the her and ask her out on a date. But she agrees to go. And so when she gets home, you know, she's Mrs. Patty was an uh, she was a big Elvis fan. So she <laughs> goes home and she tells Miss Patty going out with Elvis, you know, and oh, they're so excited and everything. But Mrs. Patty tells her, she says, now, when he comes, when he comes to pick you up, he is coming into this house. He's going to pick you up like a proper gentleman. So she gets ready, and she talks about she's wearing a pink crinoline dress that her mom's made her, you know. she's And she's all excited, and she keeps kind of peeping out the window. And she says that it's about 8 o'clock in the evening, and she looks out the window, and she sees a black limo pull up. <laughs> And she says, Miss Patty answers the door, and George Klein is standing there. <laughs> and she knows George from the, the station. You know, he's he's a DJ. He's also another member of the Memphis Mafia. Yes. And so he says, good evening. I'm here to pick up Anita. And Mrs. Patty said, I'm sorry. If Elvis wants to see her, then he's going to have to come to the door and he's going to have to pick her up himself. (laughs) I think I've heard this story from uh, George on uh, Elvis radio. You probably have. 
So George is just standing there in shock. I mean, he really, you know, these these guys are like, they they just can't believe they're having to go to this much trouble for Elvis to get a date with this girl. So anyway, he turns around, he goes back to the limo. And of course, they're kind of peeping out the window and looking. And Elvis gets out of the limo and he walks back up to the house with George. He brings George back to with him. <laughs> and uh, she says, you know, she's, she's never really been that taken by him. But she says that the first time that she actually sees him, she's stunned by his overwhelming good looks. And she I'm said sure. that, that he comes in and he and he's very polite and he talks to Mrs. Patty and oh she's thrilled. And when they get ready to leave, she says, Now you have her home at a reasonable hour. And he agrees that he will. Well, they walk outside, George gets in, and uh Elvis opens up the door for her, and then he goes around and climbs into the driver's side. He's driving. And she says that she hears all this giggling from the back seat. And she turns around and looks. And there's four guys in the back seat. <laughs> George and three other guys. And she, she's just, you know, she doesn't know what to think. Yeah. So she says that she's sitting there. And she's sitting really close to the door. You know, she's nervous. And, and uh She's just like hugging the door. She said that Elvis drove around Memphis and he's talking to her. He's asking her about that show she's on and they're talking about music and different things like that. But she says what she remembered the most was the mischievous twinkle in his eyes whenever he smiled at her. Mm -hmm. She said he was very polite and she said that he made her feel like they were the only two people in the car, even though they had a back seat full of people. Um, and she said in a little while, he looks over at her and he says, you're mighty far away over there. You trying to knock the door out or something? And she says, no. And he says, well, scoot on over here then. So she says she scooted <laughs> over about three inches. Um, so, you know, um, and they said that the Elvis and all the guys in the back seat started dying laughing. And she said she eventually started laughing too, and she scooted over a little bit more. And she said the guys were just dying laughing, and they're like, "Do you not know who you're on a date with? You are on a date with Elvis Presley." And so she's like, you know, she says she's really starting to to think that if if I go out with him again it's not going to be like dating a regular guy, you know, it's, you know, he's, yeah. there, but you know, here we are. I'm in the car with five guys on a date. Yeah. I can't imagine you'd be so excited. You had this date with Elvis and then nervous oh, yeah. and intimidated. And then there's people yeah. in the back seat. Like how awkward. I mean, that would, yeah, exactly. But she said, you know, it, it kind of put her at ease too, because, you know, she didn't know if he was, you know, exactly what his plans were. Yeah, what were, kind of a guy he was. Yeah, yeah, she didn't really have any a clue. And so she felt a little bit safer. She knew George and, you know, she felt comfortable around him and stuff. But, you know, it it kind of gave her a little bit. Which you think of one girl and, and five guys, that's not a really good. In this day and time, that would be a very scary day. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so Elvis pulls into a Crystal's restaurant, and 
Lamar goes inside to buy hamburgers. And so she's sitting there and she's thinking, I'm on a date with Elvis Presley. And we have pulled into a fast food, a Crystal Burgers. And so he asks her what she wants. And she says, I'll just take a Coke. And, uh, and he's like, well, he's going to get a couple of dozen burgers, you know. And she's like, that's okay. And she let on like she wasn't hungry. But she really didn't like crystal burgers. So, <laughs> so she didn't eat anything. So she said that uh, Elvis drove while the rest of the guys wolfed down the burgers. And um, he asks her, he, he looks at her and he says, would you like to come out and see Graceland? And she said that he hadn't lived there long. It wasn't very long after he had purchased it. And so she had never been to a guy's house before. And so she's really hesitant. She doesn't really know what to say to him. Um, And she said that she's sitting there and she's thinking he's the most handsome man that she's ever seen in her whole life. And he had been very kind, very attentive. He had made a really, really good impression on her. And she felt comfortable with him. Yeah. Uh, and then, and she said, she said that she knew some of the guys. She knew George and there were a couple of the guys that were in the back seat. It talks about who they are and everything. And so she's thinking, you know, he sent, he brought these guys around to make me feel more comfortable. That's kind of what she, what she uh, was thinking, but she knew that Elvis's parents lived at Graceland, so you know she felt like it was okay that you know it wasn't like she was going to a man's house alone that she was going to his, meet his family or to see his family. So yeah. anyway, she tells him, "Yeah, that she'd love to go." So um, when they get to Graceland, there's fans that are gathered around uh, at the gate, and he invites them up to the house he stops and invites him up to the house and she really wow. didn't have to think about that you know but she said that he was always generous to his fans and he always treated them very kind and uh, you know she said that was another thing that she really respected about him but she said that he pulled up to the house and he talked to the fans for a little while everybody piles out of the car and she said that he goes around and he opens the door for a uh, for Anita and he put his arm around her and he took her into Graceland and started showing her around. And she said the first time he put his arm around her that, you know, she said, you know, she just made her feel so special, but she said he had on a motorcycle hat and she said it about drove her crazy. Even when they went in the house, he kept his hat on and her brothers, everybody in her family had been taught when you go indoors, you take your hat off. I mean, she was a southern gal. Uh, but anyway, uh, she said she had never seen anything like Graceland. And uh, she, you know, he took her around and showed her. And she was just in awe about how, how beautiful it was and everything. And she said that he walks over and there's teddy bears all over the place. And she said he picks up a pink and black teddy bear and he hands it to her and says, I'd like for you to have this. So she takes the teddy bear and she said he shows her around, and um, she said they go into the kitchen, and he introduces her to the cook, and uh, she said that he's looking at her, and he says, you are so little, and he says, your feet are tiny. She wore like a size five, so anyway, 
he nicknames her Little, and that's what he calls her their whole relationship. Her nickname is Little. <laughs> and, um, so uh, they go and see his parents. His mom and dad are sitting in their bedroom. They're watching TV, and he leans over, and he gives his mother a big old kiss on the cheek, and he hugs her and tells her he wants her to meet Anita and says she's on the, that, that television dance show. And uh, Vernon says, I've seen you on that show. You do a mighty fine job. And she said that uh, Miss Presley took her by the hand and showed her around the room. And uh, you could see the swimming pool outside the door. And uh, she said there were pictures of Elvis when he was a little boy all over the room. And she picks one of the pictures up and she shows it to her. And she said you could just tell how proud she was of Elvis. And um, she said Elvis is watching TV with his daddy. And... um, he, she said that Elvis and his mama start baby talking each other. And she's thinking, you know, this is really weird. You know, most guys <laughs> yeah. want to make a big impression. And, you know, they're not going to take you to, if they take you to meet their parents, they're just going to be like, you know, cool about it. But yeah, he went in, he went to hugging on his mama and they're baby talking to each other and everything. So it impressed her that he was so affectionate with the people that were close to him. Um, and she said that uh, it wasn't very long until he started doing the baby talk to her too. He would say instead of love, he said, yub. And he called milk butch. Mm-hmm. And instead of little, he said, yittle. And he called feet sooties sooties and uh, he called teeth toofies and uh, so you know she was just talking about how he uh, you know his their little which I've heard that before but you know he yeah really got comfortable with her Um, and she said she didn't know that Elvis could play the piano she said he took her in there in the music room and said they sit down at the piano and um, he starts singing and she said she felt like he was the only she was the only person in the room, and that he was singing to her. Um, so that sounds a lot like when Priscilla met him. It does. It really does. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And so um, they go down in the basement, and he starts playing pool with the guys. And she said that he never left her unattended for long. He would go over and ask her if she was okay, if she wanted anything. And uh, she didn't really understand pool, so he started trying to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she said she was, as the night went on, she just became more and more enchanted by him. And um, I'm reading this. It said she liked the way he moved. She liked the way he laughed, his sense of humor, the way he treated people, and especially the way that he treated her. And she said that somehow he made her feel as if she had known him her whole life. Wow. Yeah. So um, then he asks her, he takes her to meet uh, his grandma Dodger. And she said, grandma's sitting there. She had a sweet gum twig in her mouth and she's chewing snuff and she didn't have any teeth. And she reminded uh, Anita of her grandmother so she didn't really feel like it was strange and I you know this is uh, this is such a southern thing and this is southern grandmas but 
especially someone who had become a superstar, bringing a beautiful star. Well, she wasn't a starlet. She was an entertainer, though. But bringing somebody into their house, you you know, you wouldn't think uh, most people would be embarrassed by their yeah. family. A lot of people, I mean, even people that aren't famous are embarrassed by their family. But she was very impressed that Elvis was so loving to his family. And that he was so important to him. He was never ashamed of where he came from. No. And that's what she said. she, She talks about that a whole lot in the book. But anyway, he asks her if she wants to go upstairs to his bedroom. And so she's like, you know, really, really hesitant about that. But he takes her, he's like, well, let me show you my office. So she goes into his office, which was upstairs, and uh, he starts playing his sound system. Mm-hmm. And um, she said that, you know, uh, then he's asking her to go into his room. And uh, she said that he, his bedroom, she describes it, it was baby blue. He had like a baby, his, his um the carpet was, his bedroom was navy blue. It was really dark blue. And then the, his bathroom was baby blue with the, you know, baby blue sink and all that. But she said that uh, he's showing her the bedroom and they start to leave. And he grabs her around the waist and he starts kissing her. And she said she'd never kissed a guy on the first date. Mm-hmm. But it was Elvis. And she said he was such a good kisser. And so um, she said his hands started moving in places that they shouldn't be. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. I need to go home. So she said that he said, okay. And he took her home. And he asked her, though, he said, do you not like me, little? And she said, yes, I like you, Elvis, but this is our first date. And he said, okay. So he took her home. And she said, um, I'm going to read this. It says, by the time they pulled up in front of Mrs. Patty's house, it was almost two in the morning, which was not exactly a reasonable hour as Elvis had promised, though perhaps for him it was. Fortunately, Mrs. Patty was sound asleep, so any explanations could wait until the next day. And she said that Elvis got out of the limousine, opened her door, and walked her to the front porch. When they got to the front porch, he gave her a big hug, such a big hug, they almost fell off the porch. And said that he put his hand on her face and her neck, and then he gently kissed her. And she said she wasn't sure if he'd ever ask her out again or not, because, you know, he had made a move on her, and, and she'd, she had done. Stopped it. Yeah, she had stopped it. So, but she said that, you know, she was already, she had already started falling hard. So, um, um, she said he could light up a room just by walking in it. He had a knack for putting people at ease and making them feel good about themselves. And that was one of the things that was special about him when he met her family. Uh, he was so kind to them and, you know, treated them really good. And she said that, um, they started dating and she said that they would talk a lot about, um, their, um, their childhoods and things. And, and, uh, you know, she, she didn't have a lot, but she said, you know, Elvis was poor. Yeah. People, people knew her too, because she was a local celebrity. So she said when they went places, it was like, look, there's Elvis and Anita, you know? So, um, 
But she said one day they were talking about their childhood. And I'm going to read this. She said um, um, one day she asked Elvis if he was saved. And then she explains what being saved is. Uh, For those of you who may not know this expression, it is often used in the South and asks the question, do you believe in Jesus Christ as God's only son that died for your sins and rose again on the third day? Have you repented of your sins and do you accept Jesus as your savior by turning your sins from your sins and accepting Jesus as your Lord and savior? You are therefore saved from the penalty of your sins. So anyway, she said that it brought great joy when Elvis said, yes, little I'm saved. And he told her where he had gone to church growing up the assembly of God church. And she Mm -hmm. was Baptist she had never heard of that church but she said as long as she knew that he was saved it was all right with her and uh, so they had their salvation they had music in common and um, they would go to this place called Chanel's and eat it was a restaurant in Memphis and it had a private dining room so they could go in the back they had their own entrance and Elvis loved to go there because of that. And the owners were really nice and accommodating to him when they went. But in the front, they had a jukebox and it had some Elvis songs and it had some of Anita's songs too, because she had recorded some songs. And she said that um, sometimes the fans would, if they knew that Elvis was there, they would start playing his songs on the jukebox or they would play <laughs> to let them know that they, you know, that they were there. Yeah. It's really cute. That uh, is cute. Yeah. But she said they would go to the movies and uh, they would slip in. And uh, she said that he liked Westerns and they would go and watch like three movies at one time. And she was not a fan of Westerns, but she was a fan <laughs> of Elvis. And she said that, you know, sometimes he would hold her hand or put his arm around her or he'd give her a little peck on the cheek. But, you know, he was always into the movies and always, you know, the guys were always there. And so they, um, they start, he, that's when he started renting out the Memphian, um, hotel or the Memphian, um, movie theater, movie theater. And uh, they would go and, you know, she said that uh, they would go in the front door. She always hated going in the back door, but they would go in the front door and, uh, you know, like everybody else. And uh, he loved that. And uh, and this is really good. This is uh, this is his daughter talking. I'm going to read this part. It says one night, one of the fans who was waiting at the gate was my daddy. Johnny Brewer. This is the one that Anita ended up marrying. He was playing football at the time at Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi, which is just an hour outside of Memphis. Daddy and a friend had decided to drive up to Graceland, hoping Elvis would invite them up to the house. Instead, Elvis invited them to join Mama and him at the movies. Daddy and wow. Men were standing in the lobby when Elvis and Mama arrived, and that was the first time Daddy ever laid his eyes on Mama, and he thought she was one of the most beautiful women he had ever seen. Of course, Mama didn't pay any attention to him because her eyes were glued to Elvis, 
being a good-looking man himself, Daddy wasn't used to that. He had dated quite a few beauties <laughs> from Ole Miss, including two Miss Americas. But as Mama told him many years later, you didn't look at anyone else when you were with Elvis because he was extremely possessive. So she says, later that night, Daddy and Elvis met each other while they were in the men's room, and Elvis knew who Daddy was. He liked football and had seen my Daddy play at Ole Miss. At one point, while they were still in the restroom, one of the guys from Elvis's entourage, and his daddy, her daddy didn't say who it was, tried to bump some money off of Elvis and wouldn't leave him alone until he got it, and that really irritated Elvis. And Daddy remembered him muttering something like leech, but that was the extent of their conversation. So I thought that was really cool that that's how they met. Her, Anita well, that's Mar- the coolest story. So was he a football player or a baseball player? He was a football player. Football, football player. player. For some I reason, know. I thought you said baseball at the beginning, but that's the coolest story ever. Isn't that neat? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. met for the first time with Elvis. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that is super cool. Yeah. So, when uh, when Love and You, the movie premiered in Memphis, Elvis took Anita and his parents and some of the guys to the midnight screening. And she said that was the first time that they got to watch one of his movies together. And she said it was surreal to be sitting there beside him and his parents while you were watching him in the movie and she said he would turn around to her and say see how I did that little did you like that mama pointing out things that were happening in the movie and telling them things that had happened behind the scenes and she said that Elvis seemed pleased with his performance and his parents were really proud of him and she said one day he got them all together in his purple convertible and they headed out of uh, Memphis and went went down to Tupelo And Elvis wanted to show her where he had lived and where he walked to school. And he told her all about the trouble he'd had at school and the problems he'd had when he was growing up and how he and his mother had gotten so close when his dad had gone to prison. And she said she had never seen poverty like that firsthand. But Elvis really wanted her and the other guys that were with him to know where he'd come from. And she said that he wasn't a bit ashamed of his roots and he was proud of the fact of all he had achieved that he had actually had absolutely come from nothing. And that um, even though his um, everything in his circumstances had changed, he was still the same person. And he said that was something that, that she really, you know, that was another thing that really drew her to him. I bet. Wow. Yeah. So how are we doing on time? Um, I want to know about how it, well, we can do a part two. We're almost we're 40 minutes in. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a part two. That's what I was thinking. They are having, their relationship is going really well. He is getting, um, he, you know, he's doing movies and um, getting bigger and bigger in popularity. He's doing concerts and things all the time. And she says that she's really happy that he's doing well in his career, but she worries about his safety and his happiness. And uh, she said that that um, she always seemed happiest herself when Elvis was enjoying himself and he was at Graceland. So we'll, we'll stop there. Um, we'll stop on that, that note. 
stop on that note. Go, everything's going good. But, uh, part two but there's a lot more in part two. This may be a three-parter. I don't know. There's so much. I, I don't want to leave a lot out because her life is so interesting, too. Yeah. But, um, but I hope I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, getting ready to head to um, going to Charlotte tomorrow to spend the night and flying out. I'm flying to London on Monday. I'll be gone for 10 days. Uh, London, Paris, and then we're going to Rome, um, Milan, and Florence in Italy. So I'm really, really excited about that. But um, I will be definitely yeah, reading yeah. Elvis. Yeah, yeah. I'll Rub definitely be reading Elvis. Um, I may I may see. I was thinking, I don't know how to do reels, but Clancy does. So I was thinking I may do some pictures and uh, and send some things back, and maybe she can put it to a little Elvis tune or something. Maybe we can make a reel. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, I've enjoyed Maybe you could go to some spots Elvis went to in Paris. I know. Well, you know, the places he hung out in Paris, I really don't think that I would be allowed to go into. But I will you look and see the outside. Exactly. But I feel like I'll probably see some. The last time we were there, they had, there was some type of Elvis poster up somewhere, I remember. So oh, um, I, I, will be on the, I will be on the lookout for Elvis things and uh, pass them yes. along. For sure. I hope everybody has a great week. Um, I did want to mention we got a um, comment on Apple Podcasts. Um, it doesn't have the name, but it says, I love your podcast so much. I was not alive during Elvis's time, but I watched the new Elvis movie and became obsessed. I read Priscilla's book, Elvis and Me, and it's one of my new favorite books. If you could, I would greatly appreciate an episode on Priscilla and Elvis. Thank you for these wonderful podcasts, and please keep making them. It would make me and other people who listen to this podcast very happy if you started posting weekly again. I understand you live in different states and are very busy, but Elvis is worth your time. He is. <laughs> it's true. He it is. is. True. Um, yeah. we, I promise um, when we can't record, it's because we literally... <laughs> um, We've been slack. We have to do better. We can't find the time. We have been slack, but honestly, I've I've got about three or four jobs I try to keep up. It's mainly my fault, and it's not that Elvis isn't worth my time. Sometimes, though, I just need a little bit of sleep. But um, we're gonna do better. We're gonna and do better. Elvis and me is one of my all time, all time, all time, all time favorite books. It's the first book I read where I fell in love with Elvis. And I want to do a Priscilla and Elvis episode so bad, but like this one, it would probably be like a four-parter because there's so much. And, and I think it would be fun. I think people would like to hear that, especially. Oh, I do too. And one it, thing it's hard for out. me because, disclaimer, I love Elvis and Priscilla, and that can be kind of controversial, and we try to be pretty unbiased. But there's just so many different books and opinions on them and, and we try to we try to find factual information. So that is also a little nerve wracking to me. Um, but we just kind of try to pick several that all align the best and take that as factual, but we weren't there. So that's kind of why we haven't already done one. But I, we 
definitely plan to. Oh, yes. And we also, we have um, a, a tribute artist that has reached out to us and is wanting to do like an interview or a, wanting to be on the podcast, have a guest on the podcast. And that's something we're, we're thinking about too, something that we we're interested in doing. So hopefully we've got some good things coming up. We're trying to schedule a trip when I get back in the country uh, <laughs> long enough. We're going to pl- try to plan a trip to uh, Tupelo and to back to Graceland. And, uh, and we, we have and this trip. We've been back a few times, but this trip would be strictly a podcast trip. So we would try to record a whole bunch of episodes. We would try to take you guys along on our Instagram and do reels and stories and go to all places all over Memphis. It would be just a trip for you guys and to try to get as much podcast content as possible. Coming soon. Yes. We really are trying our best to really... Um, get you guys some great content and uh, get back to doing weekly podcasts again. Uh, like I said, we won't have one next week, but the day after she gets back from Europe, we leave for a week together to go to the beach. So hopefully we can uh, crank one or two podcast episodes out that week and get back into the swing of it. But girls, 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 clam bake. Blue Hawaii, I'm 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 getting some themes here. We yes. better get off of here. We've talked too long. But you guys have a great week. Uh love you guys. So glad that you, you listened to us and let us talk about Elvis. Um and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, as always, if you haven't already, um like or subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Amazon, or Spotify podcasts, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.